Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Well, yeah, and maybe just educating them, you know, on what really what they're going through emotionally and how that's actually normal. And they don't necessarily have to identify with somebody who's going through the same thing in an extreme magnified way, because what they're dealing with is is actually pretty normal and standard for, for someone their age. Wow. Welcome to Momnificent. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening, I'm so excited to have Nicole here tonight because a lot of you have been reaching out to me about social media, your concerns about it when it comes to your teens, how much should you let them on it, what age, how do you protect them, how do you uh, let them grow with it because all of their friends are on it. I mean, truthfully, let's let's get be real about that. So Nicole, this is so exciting, those of you who are listening, because Nicole is a well-respected psychotherapist with 20 years of experience specializing in child and adolescent mental health so near and dear to my heart she's a leading expert and a sought-after speaker on topics such as what we're talking about tonight technology's effect on our children and adolescent mental health she has a deep passion for children and has dedicated her life's work to helping them develop properly and thrive as young adults so um again nicole thank you so much for joining me this evening thank you i'm happy to be here and before we get started, can you tell us what's one thing you've done recently that maybe you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy? You know, this is going to sound funny, but um, pulling weeds brings me joy. <laughs> You're kidding. Can you come over to my house? I would love to. And I rarely tell ever. Tell me more. Help me understand this, please. Okay. So I rarely ever have time for it, right? And I. I live in Michigan, Southeast Michigan. And so we live for the summers here. Um, But we have been having a very rainy summer, um, which prevents me from being in my garden because it's muddy and wet. And so I've been staring at my, I have this beautiful Vinca vine ground cover and this weed has taken over the whole thing. It's like a weed ground cover. (laughs) And I've been staring at it for weeks. And finally, last night, I went out there and I just started ripping it up. It was great. <laughs> and it felt so good. It feels so good. It's like, I don't know. It's like Beautiful. cleansing for me. I love getting my hands in the dirt. Um, it yeah. just, you know, it feels good to be just connected right? to the earth in that way. Yeah. Well, it finally stopped raining because we're in Delaware. I feel like it rained the whole summer. Yeah. Well, today we had a sunny day, so I'll take it. Yeah. Our day was beautiful too. Oh my gosh. I love that. Pulling weed. That's cute. That is really cute. All right. So Nicole, we're going to jump right in because I'm going to throw out for the audience to hear a question a parent actually contacted me with that I ended up turning some of of the information into a TikTok video recently. And I can't, we can't wait. I invited her. She's probably watching this live. I'm so excited. So here's what it is. And parents listening, you might be thinking this as well. So we're excited to hear what Nicole has to share with us. So this parent was like, "Uh, I'm getting so worried about social media as my kids grow older. I have no idea how to navigate it. A mom of ages nine, 12, and 14. I find myself at a loss when it comes to navigating this digital landscape. My oldest, who's about to graduate eighth grade, is starting to express a desire to get social media, and she keeps talking about 
how all of our friends have it. However, I can't help but worry about the unrealistic standards it sets, how they could affect her development and self-identity. And this parent says, I've done a lot of digging and I've decided to let her use this app called Daily. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Daily, daily. It's a social media um, that doesn't allow filters or edits so you can post real time. And its mission is to bring that casualness, realness of posting back to social media. And I've told my friends about it and they're all on board as well. And it could, could, would, could it be worth ch checking it out? Am I crazy for not wanting her to get Instagram and TikTok? I mean, I want her to grow up like an average kid, not miss out on things her friends are doing. And I just wish social media wasn't so toxic, especially for girls. So yeah. Nicole, help, help us with what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, kudos to that mom for doing some research and finding something that actually works. I think that's wonderful. Um, and absolutely, it's toxic. Uh, I wish it wasn't because, of course, all the teenagers, especially the girls, um, are saying that that's their only way to sort of connect to their friends. Um, but yeah, the comparisons, I think, are the hardest part about this. Uh, we were all middle school girls once, all of us women. We know what it's like to be insecure, um, to not like the way we look. Um, and there actually is um, some developmental psychology rooted in that. Uh, when children become 12 all the way through 18, they begin to develop or they should be developing their sense of identity. So who they are, their likes and dislikes, their traits, their characteristics, these all should get solidified. Yep, you're good. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. Did you think I froze? Maybe I froze. Yeah, I don't know. I can't see you, but if you can hear me and see me, then I can just keep talking. <laughs> you oh, there you are. Oh, I can see you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go you're ahead. good. Go ahead. All right. Um, so you were saying that so the sense of uh, who you are starts to get solidified. Um, and so social media is a particularly um, uh, difficult thing in this age, because when you start to solidify who you are, of course, you're going to start comparing yourself to other people to make sure that you are OK with who you are. That's mm -hmm. just kind of human nature. That's what kids start doing. And so social media is a really, you know, perfect place to start looking at other people and how, you know, maybe better looking they are or their lives look better or they're having more fun or they have more friends. And so it really prevents kids in this age group from um, going through that developmental process naturally. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to come with discomfort. It's going to come with a lot of questions um, about who you are. It's going to come with even some depression and anxiety, a little bit of that is normal in this stage of life. So I always advocate for actually, and I know it sounds extreme, no social media at all during this time, because they really need to be allowed to go through those developmental processes in a natural way um, without that toxicity hindering them, um, because it makes the normal sort of discomfort, depression, anxiety, like more magnified. Mm. Wow. That's a really good point. I appreciate you saying that. And then with the rise in filters, do you hear more kids comparing themselves to other people online? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's everyone knows about filters, but when you see somebody's picture uh, and you're not going to like your brain isn't going to go and think, well, that's a filter. Your brain is going to think, oh, they look better than me. 
And so absolutely that's damaging to the brain, especially a developing brain, uh, because it's not going to be so easy for them to rationalize that that's a filter, even though they know people use filters and they probably use them themselves. Um, but that, again, that identity development phase is a time where they really need a lot of support and comparing themselves to some unrealistic expectation is, is not what they need in that time. The other thing I notice, um, teen girls are starting to develop this trend where they're um, following influencers who have mental health issues um, and even extreme mental health issues. And then the girls are over-identifying with these influencers and then they're self-diagnosing. Wow. And that, that is even, That's yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that, that, that's one of the points that I made in my TikTok video was asking parents, like, help your kid identify positive influencers to follow mm -hmm. and, and kind of teaching them what is good, what isn't so great, maybe hopefully recognizing and identifying those things, because then you're empowering them, not just, oh, we're not going to do this because it's not, you know, good, bad or, or whatever, but kind of a flip side of like assessing it like, okay, what about this is healthy for us or not kind of functional versus dysfunctional? Well, yeah. And maybe just educating them, you know, on what really what they're going through emotionally and how that's actually normal. And they don't necessarily have to identify with somebody who's going through the same thing in an extreme magnified way, because what they're dealing with is is actually pretty normal and standard for, for someone their age. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy powerful. Um, so another mom asked, I always wonder what it's like being a kid in this generation, because when we were younger, we didn't have this stuff. Yeah. And how are other moms handling social media and digital distortion? Is there anything you want to touch on there? Well, I, I would say that really there aren't many or any moms handling this at all. I think it's uh, it came on the scene um, when all of us were trying to figure out just how to parent and it shows up and we're all just kind of clamoring to figure it out. So mostly what I hear from moms is that they don't know what to do and they don't know how to handle it. They're really, I think, following the kids lead um, because obviously they they know what's going on. They have the information. They know what social media they want to be on. And so a lot of parents I'm noticing are just kind of going with what their kids are saying. Mm -hmm. um, I have a 14 year old who told me that he would never get a girlfriend unless he was on Snapchat. And, um, you know, I explained some things to him and about a month later there was a girlfriend and then there was another girlfriend. <laughs> and so, um, you know, this is common. Kids are telling yeah. their parents, you know, yeah. we, we're not going to have friends. We're not going to be connected to anybody if we can't be on social media. And so I think, you know, um, most of us, most people can't even handle themselves being on social media. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think when it comes to what to do about this, I think parents need to know that it's just dangerous, period. Yeah. It, you know, it should have a warning label on it like cigarettes did when we were kids. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Because now you're creating a false sense of what's real. And yeah. then what are they going to do when they're actually in an actual physical relationship? How, how will they even have the skills to navigate it? If it's, if, if all they're used to is the virtual and the texting and the messaging, and that's how, I mean, they sit in the same room and just text each other. Right. Like, 
Absolutely. <laughs> not even talk. Yeah. Um, and then another mom I know, she she kind of like watches and, and somehow watches and sees and checks in on the messaging that, that her, her son is doing. And I'm thinking to myself, who has time to do that? Like I have such respect yeah. for that, but how do you do that when you're, you're a full-time mom, you've got kids, you're trying to get dinner on the table. I mean, you, we're, we're pulling it all together as messy as it all is like, and, and, and now a parent's like, oh, now you want me to actually take time to like read them. I don't even stop and read all the emails. I'm just reading for my own self. Right. And then they can just feel probably really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Another then, mom, what was, an, what did another mom say that she does? Um, oh, I can't go ahead. I can't, it'll come, it'll come back to me. Well, I was just saying, um, thankfully, I think it's a little late, but thankfully the Surgeon General has now come out with with a warning on social media. Um, so that's something that parents really need to know that it, it is it is like, I call big tech, big tobacco, the old big tobacco. Um, they're hooking kids early um, and, you know, to get lifetime users. Uh, they even call us users when you think about it. Right? Right. Oh, about that when you think of it that way. Oh, that's what that mom was doing. Um, she had a conversation and somehow the kid mentioned something about, oh, I saw that on TikTok. And they were like, how'd you see that on TikTok? And the, and the kid was like, I think 13 years old. He was like, I have an account. And the mom was like, you have an account on TikTok? The mom didn't even know. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move on. Cause there's some other really good stuff here. And mm -hmm. I know if we run out of time, you and I are going to come back live and possibly go live on the Instagram, which I'm really excited about. Yes. What age is it recommended you wait for your child to use social media? Well, I'm going to say that it's never okay for kids to use social media. I know that that's an extreme um, way to, to talk about it, but I think anyone under 18 really should not be on it at all. Ooh, and I'm hearing 13 and I'm like, oh, that's no. too young. Way too like young. But it's, it's so hard. And somehow I don't know how we can help support parents because that's what's so hard because the parents get the pushback from your kid. Yes. Like that is a really tough place to be. And I guess you just have to like find people you can surround yourself with to encourage you. Like you are doing the right thing because everything is screaming the opposite. Absolutely. It is so hard. So yeah. hard. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, and, and you're saying the 12 to eight, 18 and the 18 number because of the brain development, right? That's right. Yeah. So there's, yeah. That's like very important, not just, oh, 13. Yeah. I think I suggest two things to parents who are struggling with like not allowing their kids to be on it. One of the things is what that mom that you first were talking about did, which is get a group together and, you know, figure out a healthy way to use it. I think that's great. The other thing that parents of, to, of this generation need to know is that it's okay to make your kids uncomfortable. So it's okay to say no. It's okay to have them, you know, um, you know, be upset that they might miss out uh, because it's really it's an opportunity for them to build their tolerance for being different. You know, it's okay to make a choice that's healthy for you, even if it's different from everyone else. And it's okay to go through the discomfort of having to make that choice. So good. So good. All right. We're going to rewind that and play that over and over. We just said that was so, so powerful. And I think really helpful for moms to hear this because mm -hmm. uh, it can feel like you're the only mom who's not letting your kid, right? You can just That's feel right. like that. And how do you do with that feeling? Right. And the mom, you know, it's totally okay for moms to just be uncomfortable with that too. Like you're going to be uncomfortable with their discomfort and everyone's going to be uncomfortable. And you know what? That's just okay. That's actually necessary. And you're doing the right thing. 
That's right. Doing the right thing. All right. My next question, I think I'm going to hold off to our next conversation on Instagram. All right. So this one, could you explain what the I generation refers to and how it differs from previous generations, especially with what we're talking about? The I generation encompasses basically two generations, Generation Z and the newer generation, which I think began in 2013, maybe 2012. They're now called the Alpha Generation. Um, you cut out. So. Oh, I was sorry. Go ahead. You're good. I can hear you. Can okay. you hear me? Yep, I can hear yep. you. Go ahead. Um, so I um, kind of couple those two generations together because there's a uniqueness about them. And of course, the uniqueness lies in um, that they grew up with technology. Now, the millennials grew up with some technology, but they didn't grow up with uh, an iPad in their lap at two years old, um, whereas the I generation did. And at every stage of development, starting from birth all the way through actually 25, uh, there are phases of development that build on top of each other. So you have, you know, one phase, if that doesn't go well, then the next phase is that much harder. Mm. Um, sometimes those, the next phase or the phase after that don't even happen uh, because people get stuck in the phase that didn't go well. So essentially, if you have a, an iPad on your lap at one or two years old, you're not going to develop at any stage the way that you need to because that device is hindering your growth it's hindering your development on every level, social, emotional, physical, cognitive. And even I talk about spiritual development. Wow. So that's how this generation is different from really any other generation. The other thing I see happening to the I generation is I call it the culture of parenting. Um, it's sort of related to what I was talking about just a bit ago with how parents have trouble making their kids uncomfortable. So the iPad or the phone or the, you know, game or the device of any kind makes you happy. It makes you contented. It makes you, you know, be able to sit still in a restaurant. Right. And so I don't really know, you know, chicken egg thing. I don't know what came first, but the parenting is sort of now like morphed into, we have to make our kids comfortable and happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And so this particular generation is really struggling with their coping skills, um, just basic, you know, life skills, and yeah. they're struggling in their teen years, they're struggling in their young adult years. Um, and so it's a, it's a really um, um, particular uh, generational issue that I think is really important that people understand. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Um, it reminds me of another video I did recently where the more kids are on tech, the less language they develop at like two years old and three and four and five years old. Like it is stunting their growth. It is hindering it. It's like a crutch to them. Like. This, like you, you said, there should be like warning signs going off. Yeah, like too often we're not hearing that or feeling the support of, of standing and having that uncomfortable spot where no, you're saying no to your child. You're, you're not going to have that or or have access to that at this time or now. Um, yeah. So is there anything else you want to add to that where how generational differences in parenting influence the mental health of the I generation? Or would you say that's just captured in what you just shared? Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly what I shared. Uh, I think um, I talk about generational differences actually all the way back to the greatest generation uh, because I believe that the pendulum swings uh, in, the, in either extreme each generation. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's how 
the millennials got to be, you know, that entitled generation uh, when they were coming into the workforce, everybody was, you know, up in arms at how they were sort of entitled and mandating things from their bosses. And they were really the first generation to do that. But I think that's because the baby boomers who raised them um, were raised by the greatest generation who told their baby boomer kids, children should be seen and not heard. Right. So the baby boomers had that wounding and then they raised their millennial kids to be, you know, very important. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they didn't have a balance because, and no generation really does culturally, because again, the pendulum swings too far in the other direction. Yeah. And that's where we find people, I would, I'll say in my generation, we are having difficulty with the simple thing. If you take self-care, it's hard to take care of ourselves because we were taught, like, you don't tap into your emotions, don't tap into your feelings. You just do what you're supposed to do because you show up and you get it, you get it done. Like that's how it's like this ingrained in us from the, the generation before, before us. And now we're teaching kids. Like we teach kids these mindfulness lessons. What do you feel? What do you notice? What do you, and, and we're helping them kind of tap into those senses where it takes something for even me to do that with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so great. And I think what our kids today need, because now they're getting that emotional support that like none of us ever did, because I'm Gen X and we didn't get that. That's for sure. Um, I think let's give them that. But then let's also give them a little bit of that greatest generation, like grit and resiliency. And, you know, it's okay to work hard and be uncomfortable. I think they need both. There's so much. Yeah, go ahead. That's what's missing in it's, any generation, really, that's alive today. Nobody had a balance. No. And I did a book study on on the book Grit. I think that's is that Angela mm-hmm. Duckworth, possibly. And um, I, we didn't even get through that far with our PTA, but it was crazy. Like the, one of the top factors of, ki- of adults being successful is just the hours and the time and the energy of not quitting and putting into it. Not because yeah. you just grow up and you just have the smarts and you're the smarts and that's, you know, where you, you, you know, you just take off from there. No, there's so much to be said for that. Showing up every day, hard work, pressing forward. Um, yeah, that was such a good reminder because you don't see or hear too much of that these days, I feel. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, how can parents strike a balance between allowing their children to use technology while also ensuring it doesn't negatively impact their mental health? I mean, I know mm-hmm. you're like, just don't do it. And <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm just don't do social media. I think, you know, of course, there's a time and a place for other technology. I know a lot of the schools are requiring technology, which is a different conversation. Um, but if you, you know, if you have to use it, or if it's you're using it, and you feel like, oh, you know, we can have a balance. My suggestion is that you delay usage as long as possible. Um, I like to say, um, 14 is a good age to start introducing, you know, um, a, a device like a cell phone, like a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you've delayed usage, you can teach them how to sort of monitor themselves. They have the maturity, they have a little bit of life experience where they can start to recognize, and they've spent long enough without it, where they can start to recognize, oh, you know what? I've been on my phone too long. I need to put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, any younger, it's really hard. You know, it's a fight. It, yeah. it just is. It's because it's an addictive, it's an addictive device. Even as an adult, I find myself scrolling through Facebook book and I will literally tell myself like, stop now, stop now, stop now. Like I'm just like in it. And it's like, there's no coming back. Who knows how long the time goes by? Like, but I have to like, actually like mentally, like 
check myself. And as an adult, right? And then you think of a 14 year old with that ability, less of an ability to have that control and that ability to stop themselves. Yeah. Very, very and I, I only say 14 because that's what's realistic in today's day and age, mm -hmm. um, but it's still not ideal. Yeah. It's just old enough. It's a couple years into that identity development, which mm -hmm. is which is good. They have more of a like a grounding in themselves. Yeah. Um, and and that's typically the start of high school. So it's just an easy transitional year to kind of introduce that. Mm -hmm. and, and kids at this age also really need um, to be trusted. You know, they need parents to foster their independence and their um, decision making, and they need to be allowed to make mistakes and fail and learn from them. Yeah. Um, and so it's a kind of a good time to say, you know what, I, I trust you. Here's here's the education. Um, you know, I recommend contracts uh, where you sit down with your your child before you give them the device and you come up with parameters and rules and boundaries around how you're going to use it. I like and that. Yeah. So you educate them, you give them boundaries and you say, I trust you. Okay. And of course the parent still has to monitor and watch. Um, but there are some, some kind of signs and, and clues uh, that parents can learn to know if their children are, are having a hard time. And, and then that's when I would recommend them stepping in. But, but I do, I think if you have delayed usage, they're mature enough to try and monitor themselves. That's good. That's really good. So Nicole, as we end, what are three things you want to leave our listeners with today? Like, please parents, just what would you want them to go walk away with? Well, I want them to know they are the expert for their own child. Um, I think we live in a, in a culture where there's a thousand parenting books written and I'm not knocking the parenting books. I hope to write some one day. Um, but my parenting book is going to be more geared towards um, staying connected to yourself as the parent so you can be attuned to your kid and you can stay connected to them and you know what they need. Yes. That's something very important that today's parents need to know. So good. The other thing that I, I want parents to know is that they're, they're not powerless, right? Like they're in control of their child's technology use. Mm -hmm. They can delay usage. They can take it away. They can say absolutely not to social media. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not an easy choice, but it's something that they can do and something they can control. And again, I've, I've seen a lot of parents kind of band together in communities and you know say, look, we're going to delay usage. And then because they're all doing it, then their kids don't feel left out. Yes. That's so good. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. And any, any last thing? Um, well, I think it's important for parents to recognize their own uh, device usage, just like you were saying, you know, you have a hard time, yeah. saying, you know, staying oh. off of social media. I, kids are watching, you know. Um, yeah. And my grandmother, I thought it was so funny. She used to say, say or do as I say, not as I do. And we would joke about it. As I got older, I would say, you realize that's ridiculous. And she would laugh and um, so yeah, they're watching. You got oh, they're watching us so much more than we realize. They watch more than what we tell them. Like, yes, it's, yes you're right. We have, we have to check ourselves. I yep. love that. Nicole, thank you so much. And so how can someone find and follow you? Yep, sure. So I'm on Instagram at iGenerationMentalHealth. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as Nicole Runyon, L-M-S-W. And I'm on Facebook as well as iGenerationMentalHealth. Um, I have a website, NicoleRunyon.com. Love it. And yeah, 
thank you so much. And I look forward to, we are going to go live and stay tuned all of those following because we'll give you a post of when that's going to happen. Thank you. Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome.